0: And Today's guest is Ward Sandler from Memberspace and today we talk a little bit about uh, his Memberspace business which is basically third party for you to hook up your membership to pretty much any kind of CMS so Squarespace, WordPress, you know, you name it, they can hook you up. So if you got a membership, and you need something simple, definitely check that out. We also dig into a lot of different kind of launch strategies. Um, One of the biggest things is that, you know, you need to get some feedback from your audience. And also, there is no such thing as a perfect launch. So you need to kind of test things and try and fail and just simply not give up. So I won't reveal any more than that. Dig in, listen to it, and uh, let's do this. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is... Is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Musker, and today I am joined with uh, the co-founder and CEO at Member Space, Ward. Welcome, Ward. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you here, to be honest. I think, like we talked about just before we got on, considering at the moment we're recording this, we got the coronavirus going, and it's crazy times. But like you said, Member Space seen a pretty good month revenue-wise. You have any thoughts on why that is?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of folks are looking to either move their business online if it wasn't, or if they had like a side business idea or something they always wanted to try now that they're at home, maybe they have a more free time, you're not doing things on the weekends. It's like, ah, why don't we try and launch a membership business? So I think that's that's my guess as far as why we're seeing an up, a, a large uptick in trials. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a guess, but I would like, a, I kind of agree with that guess because that's I think a lot of people are taking advantage of the fact that people are home, they can or they have time to consume a lot of content and this is a good time for, you know, helping out people to learn a little bit more about stuff they wanted to learn about. So yeah, before we get into, you know, the, the launch strategies and all that, I would love to just kind of hear a little bit more about MemberSpace, how it gets started and, you know, how, it, how you build it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the quick overview of what MemberSpace space is, is it's a way to turn any part of your website into members only with just a few clicks. So what that means is if you have a website on say Squarespace or Webflow or Wix or WordPress or whatever... You can install member space, tell us which pages or what, or which specific content you want to protect and then how much it costs to get access to it. And then we just kind of work. So it's a way to use your existing site, not make people leave. Mm. And uh, that's kind of our bread and butter. So in terms of how it started, me and my partner Ryan used to be in enterprise sales actually back in the day at Thomson Reuters, which is like a large fortune 1000 company. And we wanted to get out of that because like we didn't, we didn't, like sales that much Mm -hmm. after we had done it for like four years so we started thinking about businesses to start and the problem was we couldn't just start a business because at least an online business because we neither of us knew how to code Mm -hmm. so we started reading books to be like all right let's see what we can figure out how complicated is this to learn and it just kind of naturally made sense to us at least from my perspective i focused more on the front end like the design side of things css html and he focused more on the backend stuff, and so we just were a naturally a good team there. Exactly. And we just started, yeah. So we started getting clients slowly here and there, built that up, and then eventually we started focusing on Squarespace clients specifically. Mm. So just building out Squarespace sites and doing support for Squarespace sites, which sounds like kind of weird, but it was it was a niche, and we were we did a lot. We did a lot of volume. We did like hundreds and hundreds of Squarespace sites, so we were able to have a good foothold in the community. People knew about us. We had good SEO, et cetera. But by doing that, we found a lot of people in the community needed help with memberships. They didn't, because Squarespace doesn't have that. Yeah, they still don't exactly. have membership functionality. So from there, I was looking in the forums one day because I, I had enough customers come to us and be like, hey, can we do memberships? And I kept saying, no, you can't do that in Squarespace. Mm-hmm. And enough people asked me that I was like, all right, let's see what's out there. There's got to be something that can do this, that can bolt into Squarespace. And I was looking through the forums in Squarespace, and it was one of the top topics was how to add membership functionality to Squarespace. It was like 100,000 views. It was like this wow. crazy thread. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I, like a light bulb started going yeah. off in my head. And then I just started reading through all the comments. And it was apparent that, yes, there were technically solutions to this that existed, but they're pretty low quality and people had lots of complaints mm-hmm. about them. So we were, me and my partner, Ryan, I was like, hey, man, we know how to make software. Why don't we like, make this? This seems pretty like, no-brainer. Like, people want it. They're already paying for tools that are substandard. Yep. Uh, why don't we try it? And so and that's what we did. We built a real basic MVP very few features and just launched it and it just kind of worked right away in terms of getting traction i mean it's just
0: weird that nobody else has thought about this before i mean considering like I said you have a form and it's
1: 100 views why didn't anybody else think about this yeah i mean like i said there were like i'd say two other options yep. out there but they weren't they were they were clearly run by one person mm-hmm. who was a developer so the design wasn't good the website wasn't good it just it, it the code even wasn't good quality so it just I think some people had done it. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing, like the concept of bolting on membership functionality to an existing CMS. And mm-hmm. it's not a plugin, it's not like an official plugin or add on. It's this third party. So I think it's just a bit, of a, maybe a bit of a strange concept for some people to wrap their heads around, maybe don't see it as a business opportunity. Yeah. But we did. So. Oh, that's
0: awesome. So, how fast has this grown? When was this? When did you launch it the first time in, in terms of where we are now?
1: Yeah. So we launched in, uh, towards the end of 2015, okay. uh, that was the beta. Uh, and yeah, so we've been going steady ever since then. We have, uh, about 10 full-time folks right now and a few contractors. So it's a pretty decent sized yeah, team. And
0: you can put this to pretty much
1: any kind of CMS or yeah. 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 any Yeah. any website, any website where you can inject code into the head of the website okay. we can work on. So that's every CMS that you've probably ever heard yeah. of.
0: That's pretty awesome though, because a lot of uh, the membership plugins or third parties are usually connected to a specific CMS. So that always makes it a little bit harder, but this is kind of great because you can use pretty much with anything.
1: Yeah. That's actually a big thing that we talk about is like for like WordPress, for example, right? Mm -hmm. If you're using a word, there's a million WordPress plugins for membership. That's not a new (laughs) idea. Uh, But the problem with all those plugins is let's say you don't want to use WordPress anymore. Mm -hmm. What if you want to move to Webflow? what happens to your entire membership? Yeah. It get, it, you have to completely recreate it, which is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, so especially, you know, in, on your show, you spent all this time launching and getting everything ready. And now you have to kind of start over yeah. on a new, just because you want to change the website, which to us seems crazy. So the re, the fact that we work on every CMS, you can also move member space between CMSs without any interruption to your members billing or login to you. They just, everything just works on the next site. So. That is a, awesome feature actually or benefit
0: to be honest yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) huge benefit okay oh that's cool that's cool so you work obviously with a lot of people who has memberships so obviously you have seen probably tons of launches tons of strategies i want to dig into that a little bit and talk about some of the best strategies to use when you're launching
1: yeah so I do a podcast as well. It's called member maker. And I've talked to a lot of membership founders. And then on top of that, I do like three calls a day with prospects and customers of member space. Mm-hmm. So I've spoken to literally thousands of membership founders about this kind of stuff. So I've heard a lot of, a lot of information. And if I could synthesize it, I'd say the one through line, the most common thing I hear that is successful for folks is uh, membership sites that focus on a community. So having a community that is obviously digital, right? right? like a forum, like a discourse forum, or like a Facebook group. But even more than that, the communities that have in-person elements to them, whether it's in-person meetups or like local groups, like things like, or like conferences. So anyone who has like an in-person community, there's something about that that really keeps people in the membership yeah. and on the website. And it's almost more important than the content that the website's providing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's creating people that like community to to and the
1: connection between the people. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah. And it's something that you can't just like replicate, right? Like I, you could launch a discourse form tomorrow mm-hmm. and call it a community, but it's not really a community yet. Right. So, but when the people meet in real life, you're, you're forming real relationships. And if you can get people to continue to come to that and continue to find value in it, they're going to be a fan of whatever you're providing, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just the the community is the number one part, whatever you're selling after that there, it's almost like guaranteed that they're going to want that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the, at the heart of a membership, like I said, is a community for sure. Yeah. So so
1: anything else? Yeah. Yeah. One other major thing, it's still related to the community aspect, um, but Facebook groups, uh, I'm sure you've heard a pretty popular. What i found and what I've heard from folks is a lot of them start with doing a Facebook group, a free, like a, a completely open Facebook group, mm-hmm. and just building that up, being, being helpful. You're not selling anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to sell. You're just literally creating a group. Sometimes it's not even with the intention of making it into a business. You just create a group to help yourself or people like you or people in your community or in your field of work or whatever it is. And you just really dedicate time to it to make it helpful and useful for folks. And that grows over time. And now you've built up a real audience, which I'd argue is even more powerful than potentially an email list because it's like people that have interacted with each mm-hmm. other. So again, it's that, it's that, yeah, and it's still a level community. of
0: engagement as well because the Facebook group is continuously in engagement with whatever you are providing of
1: content or value. Yeah, exactly. And then from that, You'll naturally start to see that there's trends and patterns of what people need and want mm-hmm. that you can try to answer, you know, one by one. But eventually, gets to the point where it's like, why don't I just create a course, or why don't I just create, a, you know, a video tutorial or something? Yeah. And then that naturally leads to a business of some kind. And you already have this, you know, this this community that's created that's primed to want what you would you have to sell, and they already trust you. So it kind of works naturally well that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What else do we got besides community? Do we have anything else that's uh, looking good for a launch strategy?
1: Yeah, I've heard the closed versus like the open type of a launch where it's like, oh, we, we're launching on this day and then we're closing after a month mm-hmm. versus keeping it open all year. I've heard mixed mixed reviews on that. For some folks, that totally works. The idea of having, okay, we're doing a, lo- a limited window of when you can join and after that you have to join the wait list. Mm-hmm. For some businesses, that totally works. For others, that doesn't work at all. And they would actually make a lot more money if they just kept it open the whole time. So that that scarcity principle is one of those things that is nuanced and you have to figure out what makes sense for your audience and what you're offering. So just because you might have read on a blog or from someone else that, oh, I did this closed launch strategy and it worked really well, that doesn't mean it works for you. Everything has to be within the context of your business, your customers. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I would be, for people that are launching to, to be weary of is that just because it worked for somebody else, it does not mean it works for you. Yeah. And the same goes for pricing strategies and everything else related to social media, all that stuff is all related. It's all context specific. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. Have you seen any specific industries
1: that it doesn't work for that you know of? Off the top of my head, I can't think of any specific industry because... No what I found is industry doesn't even matter that much. It, it, it really is based on the business model, right? Someone, let's take a simple one, like a yoga teacher, yep. right? Someone's a yoga teacher. There might be a million different ways that you're providing content. Maybe it's one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's videos that you post every week. Maybe it's a, a forum that you, that you communicate with people that those are all different kinds of business models, mm-hmm. different kinds of customers are going to gravitate towards that. Maybe you have in-person meetups for yoga and you pay money to do that. So it all all depends. So for some of those models, a closed membership would make sense. For others, it doesn't at all. So I'd say the industry is almost irrelevant. It's it's really the the business model and the type of customers that you're trying to to work with. That's what matters. Okay.
0: So for a lot of people, they should probably just try this
1: out and see kind of what works best. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like, if you want to just a default strategy, I'd say by default, you should, you should do an open membership. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think closed is kind of like a tool in, a, in your toolkit that might work. But in general, most memberships work on an open model. Most of them are just a rolling, you can sign up whenever you want. So if that's the standard, just do that. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't try to get too clever or overthink things. Start there. And then as you're working in your business, as you're getting feedback from real customers, and as you're seeing how things are going, then it might make sense for you to say, you know what? It makes, I should do a closed membership now because of reason X, Y, Z within my own context of my own business. Yeah. But I'd say to start, just do an open membership. It's simpler for you. It's simpler for your customers and it might be the best model anyway. So just start there. Yeah, it makes sense. And
0: even if the close doesn't work, but you can always revert back to the open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Any other launch strategies? I'm
1: curious if there's
0: anything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people have probably heard of some of these before things like, you know, build up an email list from day one, like before you even have something ready, yeah. like just a landing page. Cause that's important. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're not going to do a Facebook group, you should definitely, you should have an email list anyway, but <laughs> especially if you're not going to do a Facebook group, you should definitely have an email yeah. list, have a landing page, start getting emails. Cause one thing I've heard from folks is they, people who don't invest in having an audience ahead of time and then they launch and they might have a beautiful looking website amazing content but no one knows about mm-hmm. it and and then it's just like oh man i spent all this time and no one's signing up and that's really disappointing and demotivating you know so getting an audience built up and in the way you can do that is by providing help so a lot of times that's going to be for free whether that's an email list where you send out a weekly tip on whatever topic it is that you're an expert on you know just do that for free just to get people interested and to be helpful mm-hmm. right and get people's feedback and what they want help on more because all, all this stuff leads to learning. And like that's the key to all this stuff is get in there and start talking to real people mm-hmm. and get feedback. Don't just think by yourself in isolation for six months and then launch something to crickets. Yeah. And just be like, why didn't that work? And it's like, there's, <laughs> you, you, you start at the wrong step. You want to start by helping people and building up an audience through helping mm-hmm. them. And then everything pretty much opens up from there.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, a lot of people, like you said, tend to start building out the whole online course or membership and thinking, yes, this is the greatest thing because it's exactly what I would have wanted. And then you launch it and it's like, nobody wants to buy it because they don't get it or they don't like it or whatever. So yeah, totally. So have you been seeing a lot of people doing these beta launches or founders launch, uh, just to kind of, well, not actually create the content before they
1: kind of get those people in. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a good amount of people do some sort of a beta launch and usually do that with like a warm audience, right? So like you have your audience, Mm -hmm. but then within that audience, there's going to be some people who like you've interacted with a lot, right? Or maybe you've done like one-on-one coaching and like, you definitely have a direct relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Those are like the the soft or the warm leads, if you will. Um, Those folks would be perfect to have into some kind of beta. And the beta... Doesn't need to be complicated. It could just be your your rough draft, your first version of your site of your membership, and just kind of get them in there. Again, coming back to the same theme, get real people into your product and using it, and get feedback from Mm -hmm. them. Don't sit in isolation and try to make everything perfect before you've gotten anyone's feedback. That's crazy to me. Like you could be completely going down the wrong path. But if you had started with a beta, maybe a little before you're comfortable with it even, and then start getting that feedback you can shape your, 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 your membership and what you're offering to be what people actually need before you've spent too much time in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So real feedback from people is important and that, that's what a beta is really. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, have you seen any launch that really doesn't work that, yeah, you should stay away from?
1: Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that's like this
0: never works all the time. <laughs> no, it's probably, Cause it's, it, it's, that's probably not true, obviously
1: but uh, yeah, it's the same. It's, it's the inverse of the question. What What's the best launch yeah. strategy, right? It's like, I can't tell you there's some that work and there's some that don't, there's some that don't work and some that don't. Again, it's all context specific, yeah. which makes this complicated because it's not like, Oh, obviously follow step one, two, three, and that's, that'll be successful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that simple. It, it's always, who are you serving and what are you providing? And within the context of that, there's a lot of different nuance. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, a lot of this goes into just kind of, trying and failing and learning and speaking or talking to your audience and getting that feedback like you said that's like the main key here that you you can't just sit around waiting and hoping that you know you got the perfect thing but you actually have to get out there and interact the audience and get the feedback and yeah start building from there and then you can kind of figure out what kind of launch you want to do.
1: Yeah, I think it's important for folks to remember that this will all go in phases, right? Mm-hmm. Your Whatever phase one is, whether that's your, your beta or just a simple email newsletter you're starting, it, it's just the beginning. It, it, this isn't going to be your end product. This is just step one to start getting feedback and then it's going to evolve and iterate from there. It has to, all businesses do that. Mm-hmm. No business looks the same as it did five years ago. So don't be afraid to kind of just get going with something and then iterate based on real feedback. I think a lot of people have like an all or nothing mindset. Like this has to be absolutely perfect before I launch it and then I'll be done. It's just like nothing works that way. Yeah, Everything is iterative. So don't be afraid to start with phase one and know that there's going to be a phase two coming.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people do is they launch something and it doesn't go as well as they hoped. So therefore they call it a fail launch. And they don't actually take the moment to look back and think about, okay, well, did I learn from this? Great. And how can I use this to kind of make it better the next time and actually go and launch again, instead of just throwing in a towel and just saying, okay, that's it. Didn't work. Screw it. (laughs) I'm going to do something else.
1: Yeah. It's the same as like, if you were to like practice for like a sports or something or for like a dance routine or whatever, it's all... Your first draft is this your first your first practice. Mm -hmm. You're gonna mess up. It's gonna be goofy. You're gonna be awkward. Some things are gonna be wrong. And then you're gonna get better the next time you practice and the next time you practice. And that's how everything works. Yeah.
0: Kind of reminds me of my kids sometimes. (laughs) They can get so frustrated (laughs) when things doesn't like you know, like let's use, you know, riding a bicycle as an example. You know, doing that for the first time, they are definitely gonna fall. And I know my son, he got a little bit frustrated, you know, the first times when he fell and he couldn't get this right, but You know, he didn't give up. He just got frustrated. So continued to try it out and eventually he did it. So yeah, same thing. Just got to go on and push through and make it happen anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. There's probably a lot of ways to launch. Um, Could we perhaps list up like a few things of, except from those we already talked about, I'm not talking about going deep into, but what types of launches are there available to, for people to do?
1: Well, what I what actually, I'd be curious to hear is what kind of launches have you heard? Cause you've mm-hmm. talked, you've spoken to a lot of guests about this and I'd be, I'd be curious to kind of throw in my two cents if that's okay sure. to like hear like, what have you heard? And then we'll kind of get, walk through that from my perspective yep. as like a membership.
0: Guy. Absolutely. I've seen a lot of people doing the challenge. So they set up a challenge before they launch. And then once the challenge is done, they get into the launch week and then promote Whatever they're launching. So that's a big one I've seen a lot of people use, especially within, you know, health, wellness, and fitness. I've seen a lot of people do it, but also different spaces as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's one I've heard about too. And as with everything, it's a mixed bag. I've heard some people that totally work, mm-hmm. some people it doesn't. So from the people that you've spoken to that have been successful with it. Do you remember what elements made it successful for them? Like, is it that they got a lot of people engaged in the challenge or was it the challenge was like really novel? Like if I'm like, let's do a weight loss challenge. I mean, I feel like a lot of people do stuff like that. Like what, why would people even care to do that? What what have you found? I
0: think it's getting people engaged. I think that is the biggest thing because people tend to use Facebook groups for these challenges and You know, getting people into that group, getting people excited and getting them engaged and keeping things simple, light. So something that just feels like a small win all the time throughout the challenge. I think that's uh, what makes
1: it successful. Yeah. And for the people that, like you said, in a Facebook group, they're not not launching the Facebook group with a challenge, are they? Or did they already had a a pre-existing Facebook Uh, group? Some
0: people have done like pop-up group for the challenge, but usually it tends to go into the free Facebook group that they probably got. And then they have maybe another paid Facebook group with, you know, for the members or, or for people who are going through the course, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't have any reason not to do that. I'd say if it's something that you think makes sense for your audience, obviously in the fitness industry, it makes a lot of sense. Although I've heard the same kind of challenge for like, you know, note the no code movement of like trying to create, a cool software tool using without programming okay. and like what kind of challenge, what can you make in a week using certain tools? Like it definitely is a thing mm-hmm. that's getting more popular, I think as a concept. And as with everything I've said, if, if you're not sure, but you think it might work, try mm-hmm. it. Worst case scenario, nobody does the challenge. <laughs> okay. So that, that didn't quite work. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can try something. Absolutely.
0: Else. Yeah. Other ones I've seen is, you know, the typical video series. So you have like three, four videos that people go through on, the specific days before you actually get the launch, you can provide some content of some value of some kind. That's been also hugely popular, especially with people like Jeff Walker for the product launch
1: formula. So thoughts on that? Yeah, so like dripping out content over yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, one concern I've heard from folks with with memberships is that if you have all the content on a page and somebody signs up they're going to like download or view all your content and then cancel kind of like a hit and run membership. So I think that's a fair concern, but in practice what I've heard from folks, it doesn't really happen that often, but the, the, I think the more, I think that's, that's one element of a drip drip content concept, but I think it's the less important one. The more important element I think is that by feeding people a small amount of digestible content, it allows them to kind of absorb it and do it as opposed to, you know, if you said, okay, here's one video each week, watch it, think about it, and, and here's, like a, here's like a document to fill in about it, that's one way to do it. Or if you had a page that had 10 videos with 10 documents, now it's this overwhelming amount of work, mm-hmm. and now maybe somebody won't even try it. Yeah. And, that, and it's the same content, exact same content, but it's presented in a different time space. So like that, I think, is an important thing to think about. So generally, everyone's busy, right? Generally, people don't want to spend hours and hours on on your website doing something or watching something. So yeah, make it digestible. Make it a small chunk, a quick win. Make them feel like they've learned something, gotten something valuable, and then do it again the next week. Mm -hmm. So they kind of feel like this this drip of, I'm getting value, I'm getting value, I'm getting value. I got charged, I'm getting value, I'm getting value. I got charged. So it it kind of lines up as opposed to maybe front-loading with a bunch of content where they might feel like there's a lot of value, but I'm overwhelmed. But then a few months later, they haven't looked at the content because they felt overwhelmed. And now they're getting charged. Now they want to cancel. Mm-hmm. And so spreading out the same content can, can really help, I think, with reducing churn. Yeah, for sure. exactly.
0: Um, and that this is w- within yeah. the membership. So another launch I've seen been used a lot is the live video launch. So that's usually for people who kind of want to do something quick and dirty and just have an idea and then want to run with it. Any thoughts on that?
1: So like a webinar or something? Uh,
0: no, more like, uh, you know, going live on Facebook, for instance, or Instagram. So they kind of just, yeah, during the launch they do, or pre-launch maybe, they go live and talk about, you know, whatever is coming and giving some value beforehand before they actually get to launch.
1: Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Again, that that's the caveat there is you need to have an audience, right? Yeah. If you go live on Facebook Absolutely. and no one follows you, you're not talking to anybody. <laughs> that so. is definitely true. Huh? Yeah, but if you have an audience, and it doesn't a volume isn't necessarily the most important part. It's it's how many people are engaged, mm-hmm. right? If you have twenty people who follow you, who like follow everything you write, respond to everything you put out there, like are super loyal, engaged folks, that's important because that means you'll probably have a high conversion rate, getting mm-hmm. them to customers. Whereas if you had a hundred people, but almost nobody even follow, nobody pays attention to what you're posting, they're just following you, you're not going to get any members. So, but yeah, going live, I think that's a great way to interact with folks. Maybe get some initial feedback before things are, are live yet in terms of your membership so you can yeah. kind of maybe make some tweaks or change some wording cuz if you're like here's what I'm launching here's the pricing plans here's how the content's going to be delivered and you get people confused or like wait how does it work or wait how much does it cost mm-hmm. then you can be like oh i messed something up it's not clear and you can maybe quickly change that before you before you launch yeah. so that's a good idea it's sort of like a beta before beta yes yeah. like you're like testing the waters exactly yeah it's you know when you don't
0: really have everything ready maybe but you still have you have the passion for it and you really want to get it out there that is a good way to maybe do it yeah
1: yeah it's also uh, potentially like a like a litmus test to see how, cu- how curious people mm-hmm. are so it's like all right i have an audience of x i go live on facebook saying i'm, I'm going to be announcing some early details about a membership i'm launching yeah and if you get crickets or nobody really paying attention then that maybe makes that's a signal that maybe maybe this isn't what people want. Mm-hmm. Maybe something's off with my positioning of what I was going to offer. So before you've gone down the road of building all this stuff out, yeah, you can get that again back to the same theme. Get that feedback early mm-hmm. to be like I'm on the wrong track. Let me switch routes before I spend all this time building something that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good
0: point. And you mentioned the webinar that is definitely a popular one with a lot of people going through a webinar and selling at the end of, of that webinar.
1: Yeah. And I've seen people that do like premium webinars, where, like that's part of the membership is you get access to like a monthly webinar with whoever the person Mm -hmm. is and, or it's like a small mastermind group that that's one that I've seen. That's relatively popular. Like we have a, you have a premium, you pay a premium to get access to a webinar that only premium members get access to like the basic membership doesn't give you it. So it's like an upsell feature. Because there's something to that. And again, I think that connects back to the community aspect of you get to see people, get to see other people that are doing the same thing you're doing, you get to see the, the leader of this community mm-hmm. and talk with them and see their face and ask them questions directly. And that's, that's worth something, right? And that, that for a lot of folks, that's more important than whatever videos or PDFs they put out. It's like, I just want to talk to you. I want to be able to ask you a question with all, of my, with all of my nuance mm-hmm. and have you answer it instead of me having to read everything you put out and then figure out how it works for me. yeah, You know what I mean? So like for, for some folks, it's a shortcut.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's also the classic uh, email launch, launching by emails. That's uh, like a lot of people say email is not dead and it most certainly is not, but you uh, might have to be a little bit more clever to make sure you end up in the in- inbox, obviously. But uh, yeah, email launch is still a big thing, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I still think email is king. Like email is, there's all these platforms, all these cool tools out there, but especially with like Facebook and stuff, you don't technically control the audience. Like if they're in a Facebook group or they follow your page or whatever, that's great Mm -hmm. as of right now. But at any moment, Facebook could change that and say, you know what? if you have a group over x amount of people you need to start paying us money mm-hmm. or you know what if you want to send an ad, if you want to put a post out and reach your entire audience you need to start paying us money so they could do that whenever they want yeah. and you have no control over it so it's not you're really kind of renting your audience which is you know if that's your main so- main place for people to hang out that's kind of scary because mm-hmm. you're not it's not it's not fun not to be in control of stuff so Email, though, you will always be in control of. Yeah. Even if you're using an email marketing platform that goes out of business or you don't like the way they do things anymore, you can export that list, easily import it into anyone mm. else. So it's it's the most valuable thing, in my opinion, still. You're right that there are some challenges with getting into the inbox these days. It's getting harder and harder. And that's probably a good thing because there's a lot of crap. Customer, <laughs> oh, yeah. to be honest. Definitely. <laughs> um, but there are ways to optimize it, like things like removing images, mm. potentially removing tracking pixels, things like that, that, are less helpful from a marketing perspective, but Google and other email providers will view it as you know more legit mm. so there are ways to as long as you're sending real emails that are, that are you know, not spammy and no weird links, it's still not too much of a problem I'd say to get into the inbox. but I'd, I'd say the inbox, I just kind of touch on that for a sec <coughs> that does it's, not like, it's kind of like this intimate place, the inbox, because mm-hmm. everything lives there, right? Yeah. Emails from your family, right? a job offer. Spam, <laughs> everything kind of lives there. Mm-hmm. The whole emotional gamut of your life is in there. So if you have somebody sending an email that arrives in there, it's kind of like this interesting place where I think people take it a little more seriously almost than if you were to get like a tweet yeah. or you just saw something, uh, you know, on Facebook, on a post somewhere. So it, it's kind of a special place. So that's why I think email will always kind of be, be the king here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And we've seen a couple of times, uh, at least last year, where both Instagram and Facebook kind of shut down for the entire day. And if you're midst in a launch, that is obviously not a good thing. But then if you have an email list, you yeah, at least have something to lean back on and you can continue
1: your launch. Yeah. I mean, email doesn't go doesn't go off. Individual providers could have an issue, yeah. but email doesn't stop. Whereas, yeah, if Facebook just stops for a day, can't do anything about no. it. There's no alternative at the moment. No, and
0: like you said, if you know uh, one of the providers should shut down on you know one day in your launch, you can always quickly export everything out, get hooked up on a new one, and send out emails pretty fast. Within an hour, you'd be up and running again, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's probably a ton of other launches, but I think these are like the most common ones and the most known launches that I've heard about. There's definitely probably something else that we didn't mention, but I think we touched on a lot of good well, stuff though.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, as with most things, there's no like magic secret strategy that like if you only knew this, this specific way to do it, you'd be successful. The, the, yeah. what, the standard stuff that works, the fundamentals that we just went over, it works. It doesn't always work at it dep- it all. is context specific mm-hmm. and it depends on your audience, what you're selling, if it's the right fit. But all those things, I'd argue, people need to really focus on much earlier than they think. If you, I I think maybe a good rule of thumb is if you're building something and like, let's say a course or something like that. And let's say you've spent a month on it. I'd say that that's about when your spidey sense should be tingling that I should be getting some feedback on this. I've spent a month in isolation building Mm -hmm. something that I think people want, but I haven't actually spoken to anyone about it to see if it's what they want, which is two very different things. So I'd say about every, if you're spending about a month on something, start getting feedback, even if it's from, I, I kind of say friends and family is kind of. Uh, I don't really like that because they they lie to you they, in a <laughs> they nice way. They want to be nice. They, yeah. they want to make you feel good. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to say this sucks. <laughs> no one's <laughs> going to say that to you. So, trying to maybe get talk to like your 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 closest customer, your longest customer relationship, someone who's paid you money, someone who would be objective with mm-hmm. you for the most part. But if you can't find that, even if you're in, let's say you're if you're in a Facebook group related to this topic that you're launching a membership on post it there and just be like, hey, getting some early feedback. Curious people think of this. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get some interesting advice and interesting thoughts. Not all of it's going to be valid. So you have to kind of sift through the, uh, the signal and the noise there, but you should be getting feedback. If, you're, if, you spend, if you see that you're spending two, three, four months building something and you haven't gotten any feedback loop yet, you're doing something wrong and you're setting yourself up to fail because you might be, you might be making something great. But you might be on the complete wrong track, and you're you're just going to keep wasting time. So I really want to urge people that are listening. If that's the one takeaway you get here, is to get feedback much earlier in your in your process when you're launching something.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So to kind of summarize all of this, it's like I said, getting that feedback and whatever launch you're choosing, it you should either just try it and test and see what if it works or if it doesn't. But it's like I said, it's content context-based and yeah you just need to see if it kind of works for you there's no such thing as this is the perfect launch this is the only launch you should be
1: doing uh yeah yeah and it's okay to start with a small group of people it doesn't need to be hundreds or thousands of folks you know it's just 10 people who know and care about what you're doing who would be willing to pay you money that's just, that's enough of a group just to kind of get some initial feedback on what you're doing because mm. if you launch and it completely goes nowhere and nobody signs up I'd argue it's not because you launched wrong. I'd argue the problem started much earlier mm-hmm. in in the journey of when you were creating this. And yeah. All of that.
0: You have any last words to kind of give a last tip here?
1: Yeah, I'm just kind of throw 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 a random resource out there. Uh, there's a good book uh, called Company of One by Paul Jarvis, mm-hmm. um, which is not specifically related to what we've been talking about, but uh, I just think it's a good book for people to read because it it really focuses uh, the mind on. You don't need to just grow for growth's sake. You should be focused on how can you help people mm. the most. And if that means you need to hire another support person or another developer or another whatever, then sure. But a lot, I think a lot of people, especially in the in the United States, are kind of focused on grow, grow, grow just for growth's sake because that's what you have to do, right? And I don't think that's actually uh, true. And it, it actually can set up your business in the wrong way if you're, if you're geared towards growing and at all costs. Mm-hmm. So good book to check out.
0: Okay, well link that up in the show notes if you have somewhere we can find it uh, probably amazon or something like that um yeah yeah, exactly we'll link up in the show notes uh how can well i obviously i advise people to check a member space it sounds really awesome so we'll add that link as well um but aside from that where can people find you and you know connect with you
1: Yeah, so yeah, memberspace.com. On Twitter, it's at memberspace. And then me personally, I'm at Ward, W A R D S A N D L E R, Ward Sandler. And if anyone has a question or wants to chat, you can email me. It's just ward at memberspace.com. Awesome. Great. We'll link up everything in the notes, And
0: I just want to say thank you for jumping on and just kind of talking a little bit about different launch strategies. And yeah, obviously, things are not perfect. We just need to test things out learn from our mistakes and keep pushing forward so yeah thank you so much for joining us
1: yeah thanks for having me on ken
0: all right guys that's it for today uh we'll catch you up again in next week so take care thank you so much for listening to the oh my god i'm launching podcast now if you like this episode i would really appreciate if you left a review over on itunes and secondly head on over to instagram and connect with me at ken westcar That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.